everybody, welcome. Welcome to worship today. Welcome to Schweitzer. We are so glad you're here. Wherever you're at, it's an awesome day to worship together. I'm Jim and I serve as a pastor here, also our host for this experience. If you're a guest with us today, especially glad you're here. We have a gift for you, Starbucks digital gift card. Check in with us. We'll send it right out to you. Enjoy some brew on us. Hope you had a really good Thanksgiving as well. And today we move into a new season, season of Advent, where we prepare for the coming of Jesus. And we've prepared a new sermon series as well. Pastor Jason's gonna lead us in a message. The series is called Tidings of Joy. Many of us know this uh, statement, this remark from the angels to the shepherd when Jesus on the night of his birth. In this series though, we're going deeper. We're going beyond that, where Jesus encounters people. And when he encounters people, they are changed. And on the other side of that is real joy, real joy. So look forward to this awesome message series that we begin today. Also, if you'd like to go deeper into the message, and we hope you do, we have sermon discussion questions and more at a link called schweitzer.church/next. Enjoy going deeper. You'll, you, you will, trust me. And now let's hear from Stephanie. Stephanie is going to tell us more about what's going on here at Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Stephanie. Today is the first Sunday in Advent, and we are so excited to be celebrating the season with you. A couple of things to put on your calendar. First, we are so excited to have our Christmas cantata coming back both in person and live streamed online on Sunday, December 19th at both the 9 and 1045 services. This will be our online service for that week, so get excited to see our choir performing beautiful music for the holiday season. Second, we are bringing back our Christmas Eve services here on campus in the sanctuary. On the 24th, we'll hold three Christmas candlelight services at three, five, and seven. We're so excited to be able to be back together on Christmas Eve this year, and we look forward to seeing you. One way to share the spirit of the Christmas season is by picking up a toy for our holiday toy store at Pittman Elementary. You can pick up a star on the windows at the back of the sanctuary or view an online shopping list at schweitzer.church next. Remember to pick up your toy and bring it here or have it delivered by next Sunday, December 5th, so we can begin setting up our toy store at Pittman. We're also still looking for volunteers to help with our big toy store event at Pittman on the evening of December 14th. Talk with Sheila today, or you can sign up online. We're so excited to be able to help parents in our neighborhood make this Christmas extra special. Coming up on December the 8th, we're hosting a special healing prayer service from 5.30 to 6 p.m. in the sanctuary. This will be a special time of prayer and anointing led by our healing prayer team. You can find out more at schweitzer.church prayer. One last thing, this Thursday, December 2nd at 1130 is our second season Christmas lunch. If you haven't signed up yet for this uplifting holiday event, be sure to do so by tomorrow, that's November 29th at 5 p.m. to guarantee your spot. You can find out more at our website, schweitzer.church slash second season, or you can sign up on our church app. We're so excited that you're with us this morning. Let's continue with worship. Thanks, Stephanie. We appreciate you. 
If you're worshiping with us live, we invite you to engage. There's a chat feature on your screen. Say hi to your friends, give us your insights and more. Also, if you'd like to receive prayer, there's a prayer button. We would love to pray with you. And as we enter into the season of Advent and our series, Tidings of Joy, let's hear from the prophet Isaiah as we light the first candle of Advent. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. We light this candle as a symbol of Christ our hope. May the light sent from God shine in the darkness to show us the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Oh 
Let's pray together. As we come to this time of prayer, uh, this week in our message in the scripture, we're gonna hear of Jesus who comes to a, a home and a community and the world around him and brings healing and hope. And Jesus seeks the same for us. As, and so as we open ourselves uh, today to his presence and power of hope and healing, I invite us to uh, pray for ourselves and others. And I'll, I'll begin uh, with a prayer, inviting God uh, to join us. Also then, we will uh, continue to pray for ourselves and others. So I invite us to hear these words as we begin. Almighty and everlasting God, who can banish all affliction, both of soul and of body, show forth your power upon us and those in need that by your mercy we and others may be restored to serve you afresh in holiness of living through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's continue to pray for ourselves and others in silence. Thank you, Lord, for the healing and hope that you bring into our lives and those we love and also into this world uh, overall. And Lord, uh, we love you and we praise you. And now we pray together the prayer that you taught us long ago, but is fresh this day. We pray in confidence and humility the prayer you taught us and saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we come to this time of offering, 
We thank God for God's generosity, God's uh, giving, providing in our lives. And we give back. Uh, it's such a privilege to give back to God with faith and trust and obedience, our gifts, our tithes, our offerings. And we really appreciate uh, your generosity that really makes the ministries happen here at Schweitzer, coupled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Some ministries are more prominent or right out front, like the kids and students and, and more. And some are more behind the scenes. And the one today, we, for example, that is uh, just such an amazing ministry is right on the edge of campus here. And that's the Schweitzer Community Garden that we've actually named the East Stanford. That's the street community garden, an amazing place of ministry where people come together from the neighborhood. Also, there's a Burmese community here in Springfield that garden a whole bunch of, uh, of our Burmese brothers and sisters garden here. It's a beautiful thing. People of African descent, they come together and they're really, even though it's uh, all kinds of languages, the really common language they speak is a garden. This past year, almost 5,000 pounds of produce uh, has come out of that garden. And most recently, 250 pounds of sweet potatoes uh, used uh, likely at Thanksgiving. How good is that? Gardening is such a beautiful act of, uh, of God, where God works as we work in that space. And really, gardening is an act of faith in what the future holds. So we're so thankful for your giving your ties, your offerings that support ministries like the garden. Thank you. And we can continue to give uh, today and throughout the year by going to schweitzer.church slash give. We really appreciate it. And now as we begin this uh, Advent season with our first uh, message in the series Tidings of Joy, here's Pastor Jason. Let's listen. Hello, Schweitzer. I'm Pastor Jason. Thanks for joining us on this, the first Sunday of Advent. We are so glad that we get to work and walk towards Christmas together this season, 2021. In the next several weeks, we're going to be taking a look at a phrase that the angel says to the shepherds as they're around um, in the fields around Bethlehem. The angel of the Lord, Luke tells us, appeared to the shepherds and said these words, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now the phrase that the angel says to the shepherds who are out in the field is this. There is a tiding of good joy, tidings of joy, that is coming your way. As the shepherds heard this greeting, they rightly wondered, what is this great joy that is coming our way? As a Detroit Lions fan, I have to say that the joy I'm looking for is that the Lions finally have won a football game. 
for the shepherds and for many of us, it's probably not that that uh, our particular team has won, but we've got all kinds of situations and moments in life where we're looking for God's presence, God's joy to be found. The angel, after he says, I've got good news of great joy, goes on to say that a Savior has been born to you who's Christ the Lord. With each new phrase of this saying, the shepherds and we imagine, I think, that we're encountering this, this something like a set of stairs where after each statement, we're saying, tell us more. What do you mean a, a Savior has been born to us? Well, this is what Luke intends to do in his letter. He intends to unpack what these tidings of joy are, showing us, revealing to us what, it, what he means by a Savior, uh, just like the angel said, a Savior is wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. One of the claims that this baby will make for himself and he'll invite us into is his work of bringing healing to the world. So we might ask, what kind of Savior? What kind of good tidings? Well, it's the good news of the healing that Jesus brings to the world. Now today we're going to take a look at Luke 5, beginning at verse 17, going down through verse 26. If you've got your Bibles, I invite you to join me and read along. One day while Jesus was teaching some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men carrying, came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and they took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law said to themselves, Why or who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew that they were thinking this, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and he went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with awe and great wonder, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. The word of God for the people of God and the people of the world. Thanks be to God. Now, I have to tell you that this text is one of my favorite texts in all of the Gospels. First, one of the reasons I love this text is that I have recited it several times to my kids, especially when they were youngsters. This text has intrigue. It's got action. It's got some clear lines of explaining what faith is, what it means to have faith in Christ. It talks about friendship. It has this incredible story of a guy who couldn't walk and who now at the end of the story can. And most importantly, it reveals some things about who Jesus is in himself. The second reason I love this text is because I got to preach it or share it with some folks who were in a federal prison in Mexico. 
And preaching it there revealed to me, and, and I think even Luke would say, it revealed a challenge that we carry when we come to this text and we hear about tidings of great joy. Because there are some reservations that we all have within us when we hear this story. Well, first, when we open up this story, Jesus is growing in popularity. This is on the front side of his ministry. It's taking place in the northern region of Israel, around the Sea of Galilee on the north side, and his base of operations was in the city of Capernaum, Simon Peter's hometown. Actually, it's more like a village. Jesus' activity has centered around three things. He's been proclaiming or teaching what the kingdom of heaven is like. He's been assembling a group of, of disciples. We'll call them the apostles. And he's been healing people of a lot of diseases. Now Luke says it like this in verse 17. This is why people were coming to Jesus in, in gobs, great numbers, because the Lord's healing power was with Jesus. What is this healing power? Previously, Jesus had helped a man who was a, a rabble-rouser in a certain community. He helped the man be quiet. And others around said Jesus must have driven a demon out of him. On another occasion, Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a high fever. And Jesus prayed for her and the fever left. And on another occasion, Jesus was approached by a man who was filled with leprosy. Jesus spoke to the man and the leprosy left him. This activity of Jesus, well, it was good news. It was, as Luke says, tidings of great joy. And because of this power that, of God that was in Jesus, because of this healing, vast crowds were coming to hear him preach, and they looked for him to heal their diseases. So it's no surprise that on another day, when Jesus is in Capernaum, when he's sharing with other people what the kingdom of heaven is like, that people who have a friend, four people who have a friend that they love greatly, who know that their friend is suffering, will do all that it takes to get their friend to Jesus. And so, with childlike faith, with a bold faith, because they've heard about Jesus, they see their friend in need, they pick him up and they take him to this one who people are saying has healing power. And when they get to the house with no way to get in because so many people are crowded around, they go up to the roof and they tear it off to get their friend to Jesus. And at the end of the day, incredible story, at the end of the day, their friend who has not been able to walk, who's been paralyzed, walks home. This part of the story has much for us. It speaks to us what childlike faith really is like. It's the capacity to see a need, whether it's in our own life or in the life of somebody else or the life of the world. It's the capacity to see a need and turn to Jesus. It's to say there is one who is close to us, one present to us that we can turn to when we have needs in life. We can turn to Jesus. It speaks to us of the deep nature of friendship and love and community. It looks like the four friends who are willing to go out on a limb to do everything in their power to get a friend of theirs to Jesus. They tear off a roof. Frankly, I've always wondered at the end of this story, you know, as you see the person walk away, I've always wondered, who is it that puts the roof back? Who pays for that? This story not only speaks to us, but it also speaks about Christ himself. 
He has an incredible sense of empathy and care for people. People who've just messed up his hair or interrupted his, his teaching by tearing off this roof, he looks up and he sees the four friends lowering their friends. He sees the person on the mat. And Luke tells us that Jesus himself is awestruck. He has empathy and care for people from all stripes of places. He is able, Luke tells us, he's able to do and happy to do and wanting to do the work of healing, of putting people's physical bodies back into a right order. This brings him great joy. And at one glance, this shows us what salvation is like. And he has within him, Luke tells us, at the very outset of our reading, the Lord's healing power. The creative force of all of life is present in Jesus and he joyfully brings it to bear in the life of a person who goes unnamed. Now, this person who is healed at the end of the day, he does go unnamed. And this is an interesting fact. It's an indicator to us, to everyone who listens to this story, that you and I are meant to be able to see ourselves as the people who could be on that cot, or the ones who carry their friend to Jesus. This is why Luke says, there are tidings of joy that ripple out of the world, out of Bethlehem to all the people of the earth. Because when you're hurting, when you're sick, when you're wounded, when you're crushed, there is one that you can turn to and find healing. Since the time of his birth, Jesus has been bringing healing through his followers. He's been bringing healing through the medical arts, many of which are the outgrowth and the, of, of his beloved community. He's been bringing healing through the many gifts that he's left in this world. And so this aspect of tidings of great joy is bringing healing to our world, to our communities, and to us. This is why Luke says at the very beginning of his text, there is good news that's coming to us. At the same time, within the text, within ourselves, there is a space that has a sense of suspicion, a space where we wonder. Luke first describes the, the point of suspicion being the Pharisees and the others who have gathered around to listen in on what Jesus is teaching to the people because, well, they want to make sure that Jesus is not leading the people astray from their understanding of what God is like. Then when they hear Jesus say to the man on the mat, your sins are forgiven, the religious leaders, they scoff because they say in their own hearts, and Jesus hears this, he understands what they're saying by the looks on their faces. They're wondering, who in the world is he that he says these things? Because isn't forgiveness of sins, isn't that reserved for God alone? Jesus sees their reservations, their scoffing. Because he's the Son of Man, that's an old phrase that comes to us from the prophet Daniel. Because he's the Son of Man, meaning, meaning that he's someone who's been sent by God. He sticks with his expression, your sins are forgiven. And not only are your sins forgiven, but you, young man, you are made physically well. Take up your mat and go home. When I shared this text with uh, those who were imprisoned in a, in a prison in Mexico, I found that the skepticism of the Pharisees resides in us. For many of us, 
we hear this story and we can go with Jesus healing a person physically because we see it happening in all kinds of places. And we generally think that that's, that's pretty cool. And we can go with Jesus forgiving this, this one guy's sin and healing his body. But when we see that in this story, Jesus means for other people's sins to be forgiven. And in fact, not only for other people's sins to be forgiven, but for us to be people who enter into that place of forgiving other people's sins, there is a heavy amount of resistance and suspicion. Yet Jesus, the one who was sent from God, the one who was sent to deliver us good news of great joy, knows that ultimately the dis-ease, dis-ease that we face in our bodies and in our souls is because, frankly, brothers and sisters, you and I face the trouble of being disconnected from the one who is the source of all of life. And not only are we separated from God, but many of us find ourselves separated from other people. And the separation is a result sometimes of our own doing and of the general nature of sin. And what Jesus knows we need is to be both restored to God, to receive the gift of divine forgiveness, so that there's something more than our human attempts to grant forgiveness or apologies. Jesus knows that we need the gift of divine forgiveness not simply human forgetfulness. He knows that we need to be reconciled to the one who is the source of life and health and joy and peace. When we're reconciled to God, we find Jesus's power flowing through and touching every aspect of our lives. And some of us, when we're reconciled to God and when we come to him, God's life, Jesus' power, His life works in us so that there are places in our physical bodies that can be restored, that can be healed. When we come to Jesus with fresh faith and fresh eyes, we can see that we can be reconciled to God and God can begin to do a work of reconciliation in other relationships that are broken. And when we turn to Jesus seeking his power, we find that his power can speak to many of our fears and anxieties, and it can bring a freedom like we've never known. So the angel said, good tidings of great joy, for a Savior has been born to you in Bethlehem, and he's here. Some of us today need to seek him out because we need his healing in our relationship with God and with other people. Some of us need his healing in our bodies and in our souls because, frankly, we're flat on our backs. How can we do that? Well, one of the ways we can seek him out is to be like the thief on the cross and say, Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us and bring your presence, your life, your healing power into us. Some of us also need to seek out some friends, some friends who know Jesus, who, who walk with him and say, would you share the life of Christ with us? Friends, I'm so glad you've joined us today. And wherever you're at, if you know the power and the life and the healing of Christ, thanks be to God. 
May you share that healing power with others who are around you. May you find yourself willing to share the good news, the great tidings of, of joy. But if you're looking for that today, friends, hear this and know this. Christ has been born. He's been born for you, for all of us, so that we might have the healing work of God at work in us. Turn to Him. Seek Him. The Lord be with you and bless you. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for being here today. It's been a great start to the season of Advent. Special thanks to Stephanie for keeping us connected. We appreciate you. To the worship team for leading us. Pastor Jason for that message. Thanks so much. If you know of anybody who could benefit from the encouragement of this message and all that's occurred here today, share it on social media. Thanks for doing that. And we'll see you back next week. We're really looking forward to it. Next week, week two of Tidings of Joy. Have a good, good week.